1430 and Talk 96.7 present Ask the Preacher with your host, Jonathan Freed. This is a call-in talk show where you can have your Bible questions answered. And it's sponsored by Believer's Fellowship Church. Believer's Fellowship Church is located in North Lakeland on North Socrum Loop Road. Well, hello, this is Wayne Freed and Randy Eplin with me here in the studio today. And uh, we're taking my son Jonathan's place. Um, this would be a good opportunity for you. I'm going to be real candid with you here. Not like I'm not always, but... Um, much of the time, we kind of flash by that, call in and give in the number, because we have so much to say. But today, if you would like to ask a question, now I'm not talking about how many angels can fit on the head of a pen. Um, I, I mean, you've got a sincere question. If you don't ask me a sincere question, you're not going to get a sincere answer, because I don't have anything. I, don't, I, I have nothing to give you unless the Holy Spirit brings it to my mind. But I have filled my mind and my, my, my soul with the Word of God. So if you have a question, you can call us at area code 863-682-1430. And, um, and we'll try to connect with you because I, I really believe I'll be able to help you if it's a real question. But these religious questions and arguments and stuff, man— you know, I was, I'm doing a book. It's really about ready. It's called Once Saved, Always Saved with a big question mark. I was going to do that on the cover. And at this point, I have, today I got the, another one. So I have 56 particular uh, passages, not just scripture verses. You may give a scripture passage and it's got four or five verses in it. No, I have 56 passages. Now, some of them may be just one or two verses, but 56 places that contradict the once saved, always saved thing. Now, I can rattle off about five of the scriptures they use, and if they can't remember them, I'll do like I've done for almost 55 years. I'll give them help, Pastor, give them the scripture reference that they're looking for. Let me ask you a question about that. As we, you've invited everyone to call in to ask a question, I'll ask a question. Okay. Um, when you think about once saved, always saved, um, why is that such a popular, uh, popular concept to believe, you know, in the body of Christ? Well, we're living in an age, the whole world. By the way, if you notice the Corinthian church is a great example of it. Whatever sins are in the community, get in the church. Whatever sins are in our country right now, they get in the churches. And the whole bunch of them start preaching. They're preaching what? They're, they're preaching contrary to the word. And they want the easy way out. Somebody was, um, I was listening to somebody the other day, and they said uh, Billy Graham called it the easy believe Christianity. Easy believe. Um, I never realized how strong he was in, in his doctrine. Billy Graham I'm talking about. Because, um, you know, the scripture is very clear on most all these areas. And people find a scripture that waters it down and makes it easy for them. Now, 
You say, well, Jesus said my yoke is easy. I want to tell you something. His yoke is easier. But life is tough. And life is not easy. As a matter of fact, the easiest way that I found to get through this life, and I always tell people my opinion is worth almost nothing, but I want to tell you this. I think this is worth something. Because I sought with all my heart to find out if the Bible was true. And I found out that it is. And I found scripture to support it. Two of them in particular that say, when you seek me with all your heart, you'll find me. And that's what I did because I was out of jail on bond facing what could have been 100 years in prison. I was going to prison. I'd been in trouble all my life. And I had seen some of the homosexual rape and some of the things that go on in prison. And, buddy, I wasn't going. So I, I, I stood to my feet to grab a pistol that I had just a few feet away, and, and I, I started to grab that pistol, and something dropped down over me, and I ended up sitting back down on the bed, and I literally I had goosebumps all over my body, and I, I, I literally saw myself looking through a hole in the ceiling as, and saw the top of my head. I think I came out of my body. I call it a vision because I didn't know what else to call it. I knew something happened, and it was very strange. But to make a long story short, three things went through my mind, and I'm not going to take the whole time here to go through all that so i'm just going to simply say three things went through my mind and what i did was i had i had said lord i had always heard that that uh hell was like burning with fire all over your body well if you've ever burned your finger man you know that is painful and being a kid and smoking cigarettes and lighting matches and all that i'd burn my fingers a few times and i thought man burning with fire all over your body i cannot even grasp how horrible that would be i just couldn't comprehend it. And so I said to the Lord, what is the worst thing I can comprehend hell as being as? And I had, I had like a, a, a vision. There were three parts of this thing, all of them different, but one of them had to do with eternity. And uh, I don't want to take the time to go into all of it, but I got a, a glimpse of eternity that there would you would live forever and ever 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 and it would never change. You'd never be happier. You'd never get anything new. No pay raise. No new girlfriend. No no nothing good. Nothing. You would stay just as hopeless for the rest of your eternity as we're right then. Now that's not hell's far worse than that. But that's not what I asked. I said I can't understand burning with fire all over your body. But I I want to know what could I understand. And that's what the Lord gave me, and I got to understand that. And it, like, knocked the breath out of me. And I said, I've got to find out if this Bible's true. Because I didn't know it was a vision from God. That came later. And I began to read my Bible. I went to church. I went to, I went to different church than what I'd been raised in. And uh, there was a man on the construction job that talked about Jesus and miracles and how God had healed his baby and God had healed his thumb and arm and uh, I never seen anything like it with this church and the music getting your feet. I mean, it was just different. It was alive, man. It was alive. What's amazing about that, Pastor Wayne, is that that's available to everybody right now, immediately. As you're as you're listening, as you're, as you're driving down the road and you're thinking about your life, you know, it's like you can pick up the Bible and begin to read, begin to connect with God immediately, and watch God do something. Real quick, Randy, we got to take a break. My girlfriend went to that church with me, and she said, I'm never going back that, to that church as long as I, I didn't know why. I didn't even ask her. She was so ornery. And so I said, well, go somewhere else. Church is church. But in the long run, I ended up back at that church because I was about to give up. Church is not church. 
restaurants are not just restaurants. They may all serve food, but there's a big difference between the Taco Bell and the Steak and Ale. You need to search. You need to find somebody that knows what's going on. They're not just religious. They have a relationship with God. You're listening to Ask the Preacher. Number in the studio is area code 863-682-1430. And we'll be right back. Welcome back to Ask the Preacher, a call-in talk show where you can have your Bible questions answered with Jonathan Freed. This program is sponsored by Believer's Fellowship Church. Hello, this is Wayne Freed. We've got Randy Eplin with us here. He's uh, my son in the Lord. He has, uh, he was a teacher at Lakeland Senior High School, and he asked the question, what am I doing that's eternal? His life was really spiritually bankrupt, in a sense. I think you were a Christian at that time, but you would hit a wall. It was one of those times where God was trying to lead you, and you weren't following too good. I really wanted to I wanted to serve the Lord. Uh, that was my heart's desire. It still is. <laughs> I just wanted to serve the Lord. I think there's a lot of people like that, a lot of people listening like that, that you know, you find yourself in a job, you find yourself in a career, you find yourself somewhere, and you're like, "How did I get here?" Uh, but then you, but but what you really want is you want to you want to do something that that counts for eternity. You want to do something special in your own eyes before the Lord, you know. And I would say to people that are uh, that are listening, people that are. Uh, I was going to say watching, but they're just listening. Watch <laughs> the road as you drive. <laughs> but uh, uh, I would say to you, this, to, it's what we shared in, in the last segment, Pastor Wayne. Is, Seek ye me, and ye shall live. Amos 5, verse 4, I think, says that. Uh, Seek ye me, and ye shall live. In Deuteronomy 4, 20, 29, Seek me with all your heart, and you find me. And, you know, what does that look like? And you know, you can talk about, well, it's, it's going to church, it's going to, you know, and let's just say you do all of that. You're going to church, you know, you're being a good Christian. I got my fingers up in the air, you know, like a quotation marks, a good Christian. But, I, but I'm not really talking about that at this point because, you know, I was desperate, Pastor Wayne. I, you know, when, you, when, you're, when you're dealing with people that, and, and you see someone who's desperate, Buddy, they're hungry. They will not be denied. They will go after what God has for them with everything in their being. They'll, they'll turn off the TV. They'll stop the entertainment. They'll be like, I, and, and that's what I did. It's like I just, I began to pray. I began to, to pray in the spirit, pray in other tongues. You know, I learned, learned that through you, through uh, Believer's Fellowship, through Brother Hagen's ministry. Uh, where where his entire ministry was transformed when he sat down and he read Ephesians chapter 3 and he began to pray in other tongues. And you could probably tell that better than me, but it's like I began to pray. As a matter of fact, that was your job description for me when when I came on board uh, with you at Believer's Fellowship. And uh, I, I'll say it, and then you can amend anything that I don't <laughs> get exactly right. But I said, but... But you said, I'm not real concerned about you doing the work because I'm a worker. I've all, I have been my whole life. He said, what I want is I want you to hear from God. So I want you to pray for an hour in tongues every day. 
you know, and I began to do that and I began to keep track of it. And, uh, that's when, when that happened, when I did that, gosh, I'm, it's coming back to me by the Holy ghost. Cause I, you know, I hadn't really planned to talk about this, but I remember I was praying in tongues and I pulled up into my driveway. I lived out in South Lakeland, uh, in, in a new development out there with my wife and, and kids. And the Lord gave me, uh, the ministry name of Energize International just gave it to me. I grabbed a pen. I was looking around and I'm telling you, brother, I can just, I feel the excitement even right now when I, I mean, I heard from God and it was like, it's true. It's really true that when you seek God with all your heart, you find him, but see the, the, it's not a formula. It's not a, well, do this, do that. You know, read this, read that. I remember (laughs) we had gone on a retreat and uh, with the leadership at Believers Fellowship. And I can't remember where we were. We were in Zephyr Hill somewhere in a hotel. And we were, we were all swimming. And I was talking to your lovely wife, to Maddie. And I, told, I, said, I said to her, Maddie, tell me what to do. I said, tell me, tell me, I'll do it. Tell, tell, me, tell me to go get another master's degree. Tell me to go get my MDiv, you know, my Master of Divinity. Well, tell me what to study. Tell me what to read. You know, I want to serve God. You know, and you know, I don't know if you know this, but she said to me, she said to me, same thing you did. She said, Randy, you just need to pray in tongues. And I, man, I tell you what, if she hadn't been my pastor's wife, I would have dunked her right there in the pool. <laughs> it, I, it made me so mad, you know, and I was like, ah, you know, it was pointing me to this, to, to my spiritual growth, my, the, the Holy Ghost University, let's call it. You know, it's like I needed that. I didn't need more head knowledge. I had enough. And I, I think I still have enough. Of well, that. I think you reached a place <laughs> of being discontent. Time to go to the next level. But I remember talking about swimming pools at my house out by the pool. So we were probably talking on the phone. But you were talking about getting another job. Yes. Because you, you were financially needed hurting. To, needed to make more money. You're going to get another job. And I just, that just, I knew that was not the answer. Because <laughs> yeah, you can, that. you only got one life. You can only do, yeah. and so many hours in a day, you can only do so much. But I said, Randy, you were the youth pastor at the time. I said, I tell you what, let's do. I'll give you, I think I said 100 a week or 100 a month. 300? Really? A month. 300 a month. But the requirement is is not to get another job, but to pray an hour a day in tongues. Yeah, I guess what. that's right. And uh, yeah. I tell you what, folks, I've been I've been doing this a long time, uh, almost fifty five years. I've been a Christian this July, but I was watching Brother Hagen, whom I've watched for fifty years. You know, I mean, I've been under his ministry for a long time, but I watched a tape of him uh, that he did back in maybe the early, early, early seventies, and he was talking about praying in other tongues, and and he. I won't go into the whole story, but there was a there was a retired professor, and he taught. I guess he he taught about serial killers. He taught a class to cops, I guess, detectives on serial killers and all. And to make a long story short, Brother Hagen said they, the the man's wife brought him to Brother Hagen said, "Can you help us?" And Brother Hagen said, "I can, but I won't." He said, "You've got three demons, and I I could cast them out of you, but I won't do it." And then he paused and said, unless you promise me that you'll do three things. And one of those things was pray at least 30 minutes a day in other tongues. The other was uh, burn the books. He, was, he wasn't teaching anymore. 
but he had retired, but he was still reading the books. See, that, that demonic power got into him from that, opening his mind to that. Uh, the other thing was fill himself with the word. Stop, stop the de- demonic influence and let God's word be the influence and then pray at least 30 minutes a day in other tongues. Well, about a day or two later, I was watching Andrew Walmack, and he closed his program out by saying, everybody needs to be praying at least 30 minutes a day in other tongues. Well, I believe that uh, the tongues, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit since six months after I got saved. Um, the Bible says if you pray in other tongues, it'll edify you. See, it'll build you up. First Corinthians 14, 2. Um, so I began to pray in other tongues. I'd been going through quite a bit of depression, and, and it killed that depression. I'll tell you, the Bible is really true. And it says that if you pray in tongues, it will edify you. It's, it's, it will edify your spirit, man. It's exercise for your spirit. It's food for your spirit. It, it, it will enable you to be strong in spirit. And I thought, well, Kenneth Hagin was my mentor for all these years, and he's saying do it. And Andrew Walmack, I have really gotten a lot out of his teachings, uh, and he's become quite a mentor to me. And I said, then the apostle Paul very plainly said in 1 Corinthians uh, 14, verse 18, I thank my God. I speak with tongues more than you all. I have literally heard Christians and even preachers say Paul didn't think much of praying with other tongues. He said, I'd rather speak five words in a known tongue than 10,000 um, in an unknown tongue. He said, in the church, in the church, what's wrong with these people? <laughs> I'm telling you, man, no wonder we in the ditch. Paul plainly said, I thank my God that I speak with tongues more than you all. So I got three people there. Two of them were mentors. And, and the third one was the Apostle Paul. Talk about a mentor. I mean, that's God's. He worked, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Yep. And so I started praying in other tongues, and it changed my life. And even every time I pray in tongues, I get something. I, I, I ask the Lord, I say, now, Father God, before I start praying in other tongues, you said in your, in your word in 1 Corinthians 14, 13, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, let him, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. And so I pray that. Lord, I pray that I may interpret and as I'm praying in tongues, things start coming to me. I see things I didn't see before. You know where you can learn how to do all this? Is at Believer's Fellowship right there in, in North Lakeland, right off of North Socrum Loop Road. And it's like, I remember Pastor Wayne when I, I got invited to preach in a, at a Methodist church uh, there in Estonia as, when I was uh, serving as a missionary there. And uh, they, they, knew, they knew me. You know, it's a small country. Plus, I, I had the radio program there. And so I was very well known in the, in, the, in the country, in the Christian community. So all the, different the, all the different denominational groups knew me. They invited me, this pastor invited me to come and preach. And, and so I taught on the gifts of the Spirit, you know, and the nine, on the nine supernatural gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Just want to tell you, 13. I'm starting a class on that on the 3rd of March. Okay. At Believer's Fellowship. Mark that down. Sunday night. Mark that down, March everyone, 3rd. as you're driving, March 3rd. And so I preached, I, I, I shared. Six o'clock. Six o'clock. I shared, um, I shared out, out of that scripture. There was a lady there, and she had come, she came up to me, and uh, she had gotten filled with the Holy Spirit because that, that was part of the deal, <laughs> you know, in the teaching. And, all, and, so, and, and so she came up, and uh, she had tears just flowing. She'd been at the church for 20 years. She said, nobody ever told me. Pastor Randy, she hugged me. She said, nobody ever told me about the Holy Spirit. And, you know, 
Um, you know me, you know, I believe in education. You know, I've got, I've got bachelors and masters. <laughs> I've, I've got it all at this point. And you know, there's nothing more important than the, the Holy Ghost University. All right, you're listening to Ask the Preacher, number of the studios, area code 863-682-1430. We'll be right back right after these words. You're listening to Ask the Preacher with Jonathan Freed, a call-in talk show where you can have your Bible questions answered. It's sponsored by Believers Fellowship Church. Welcome back. This is Wayne Freed. Got Randy Eplin here with us today. Good to have you, Randy. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah, sure beats going to hell, I'll tell you. You know, I told told somebody the other day, I said, I don't care what, I'm not going to hell. By the grace of God, no matter what it costs me, uh, if you read some stories about people who've had an experience visiting hell, uh, Brother Hagin wrote a book, I Went to Hell, a little 50-cent book. It used to be, I don't know, today. It's a mini book. And, uh, brother, I'll tell you what, it'll scare the hell out of you. It'll make you really count your blessings and, and, and I want to say, ante up, you know. Now, if I were to ask you a question, Pastor Wayne, and I were to say, and, and I were to say who, who talked about hell the most in the New Testament? Who would it be? Jesus, by, for sure. Of the 12 times that the word Gehenna is used, he used it 11 of the 12 times, and his brother James used it the 12th. You know, I find that interesting. I believe that Jesus loves us, that Jesus cares about us, died for us. And here he talks about hell. What's he say about hell in his word? Well, for one thing, it's eternal. You don't get out. You're not just serving some time there. See, what people don't understand is God's looking for sons. And um, in, in, in Romans 8.26, I'm sorry, 8.29, it says who he did... Uh, predestined. Uh, did foreknow? Huh? Who he did foreknow? Yes. Who 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 he did foreknow? He also did predestinate to become. Um, oh my goodness! I've lost it. It's like um, brothers. He's the first sons. Of, well, the uh, first. He was the first of many brethren. Jesus was the first of many brethren. This Romans eight twenty nine. We are his brethren. Now, and, and then in Hebrews 2.10, it says, He brought many sons unto glory. And then in Ephesians 4, listen, listen to this real fast, folks. In the fourth chapter of Ephesians, these are the epistles written to the church. Okay, Ephesians. Um, in, in verse 7, it talks about He gave gifts unto men. See, it says, He that ascended, descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He went and paid for our sins. I won't get into all that. Jesus dying spiritually and stuff, but sin is spiritual. It is not physical. If it was, every time somebody died, they'd pay for their sin. No, Jesus paid the ultimate. And then when he rose from the dead, it says he gave gifts unto men, and he gave some apostles. It's a, this is verse 11, 4th chapter of Ephesians. And he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of service and to build up the body of Christ. Listen, listen, listen now. Till we all come in the unity of the faith, under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ unto a perfect man. He wants us to be like Jesus. And then it says that you henceforth be no more children. Don't be children anymore. Tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive. Can you believe that? Where are they? 
Are the people in the bars trying to tell people deception, uh, deception words about the Bible? No, they're in the church. They lie in wait to deceive. There are people. If somebody tells you once they've always saved you, you need, you, you need to really ask yourself, what are they going to get out of this? Why are they telling me that? Are they telling me not to be on guard? I can give you so many scriptures off the top. Here, here's one. I, I call it this, Second uh, Peter 2.22. It really starts with verse 20, but you can read it. It's all two. Was it, was it First Peter or Second Peter? It's Second Peter 2, 2, 2, 2. It's all two. Now listen. He said, it's better to have never known the way of righteousness than to know it and turn from it. There's so many scriptures that say things. How about Hebrews 3.13? The deceitfulness of sin hardens the heart. Um, How how, how about uh, John 15, verse 6, says uh, that some people were, if you abide in me, he said, you'll you'll bear fruit. And if you don't abide in me, you'll be gathered and, and cast into the fire. You know, there's so many scriptures. I'm 56 to be, and and I find more all the time. That just I just find. You're kidding yourself. God is a spirit. He created man. Man is a spirit. Jesus said in John 4:24, the one I just quoted you was Genesis 1:26, 27, 28. But in 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 John 4:24, Jesus said to the woman at the well. He said, "God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth." We are spirit beings. God's not marrying a cattle, a cow, or or dog, you know. We're not in the mammal class, not really. We are in the God class. We are spirit beings. We, we, we live in a body and we possess a soul. The body deals with the physical world. The soul deals with the intellectual world, the mind, the will, and the emotions. That's why Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us what to do with our body, verse 1, and what to do with our mind. And, and it's a metamorphosis. We are changed by the word of God. We are different from the other de- devilish kids. They say we're all children of God, not according to 1 John 3, 10, uh, 9 and 10. We know children of God because of, of the fruit. Jesus said, you know, a tree by its fruit. People who love Jesus live like Jesus. They have a desire to live like Jesus. Their spirit's willing. 1 Corinthians six seventeen says, he that's joined unto the Lord is one spirit. God's a spirit and we are spirits. And when and that's why Jesus said you must be born again. Ephesians 2, 2, and 3 says we were by nature the children of death. That happened when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. And, and Jesus said you must be born again. He came and paid the price so we could be born again. And then we must walk in the Spirit and renew our minds and bring our body under subjection. And we, 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 we can do the works that Jesus He said he did. All the contradictions that you hear all these churches and non-believing churches that say all that passed away, God doesn't do that anymore, and all that stuff. Jesus said in John 14, 12, Verily, verily, I say unto thee. That means like what we'd say today if he said, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. He said, If you ask anything in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And then 14, 14, the very next verse says very plainly, If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And how, how can you say, how, 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 about the, how, how can you say that God doesn't do that anymore? You say, well, healing's not for today. Okay, then put that on a shelf. Let's look at faith. Faith hadn't passed away. Last verse of the 13th chapter, 1 Corinthians. Now about these three, faith, hope, and charity. But the greatest of these is charity, love. Now, those haven't passed away. How about Matthew 7, 7, and 8? Matthew 7, 7 says, ask, 
and, and it'll be given unto you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and it'll be opened unto you. Look at this verse 8. For everyone that asketh receiveth. But I thought they said that passed away. I know. You better be careful. There are people out there trying to deceive you. You know what you could do? You could get in your Bible. It will blow your mind. Matter of fact, it will change your life. Do you know how to read? Don't tell me you can't understand reading. I did that. I did that. I was facing prison time, and I learned how to read. I already knew how to read. But what I'm saying is I started listening to what it said, and I started reading the Bible. I went to a church that quoted chapter and verse and, and I started taking notes, and I paid attention, and I'll tell you what. I found out that the Bible is really true. God answers prayer, and he changes lives, and you need to get into the Word. You don't need somebody full of unbelief to tell you why the Bible doesn't mean what it says. Just read it and believe it. It'll change your life. You know, the Bible says there in James 1.22, it says, Be doers of the Word. A lot of people say they 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 look at the Bible and they study it and they study it from an intellectual point of view. You know that we we go to seminaries, we we learn all kinds of different things. You know, and, and I've been accused, Pastor Wayne. I don't know about you. I've been accused of of being of dumbing down dumbing down the Bible. <laughs> I really have uh, overseas. You know, it's like, do you find it difficult, or Dr. Eplin, to dumb down the Word of God for people? Good Lord. You know what? Uh, the Bible is written in a way for us to do it, okay? That's what transforms us. That's what turns us into what? To, to, to the disciples that Jesus paid the price for. And when we don't do that, what happens is we become, and you've talked about it, about we, we become deceived looking through a glass darkly, like it says in, in James 1, uh, 22, and through the rest of that chapter. And so, yeah, you know what? It's like I'll continue to point people to the Bible and the simplicity of uh, his word uh, that says to do what it says to do. Romans 12, 2. And be not conformed with this world, but be transformed. That's that word that turns a butterfly a worm into a butterfly, be transformed into the image of, uh, uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You can't renew your mind by reading the Bible. You can't renew your mind by quoting the Bible. You can't re renew your mind by, by any other way than doing, uh, doing the Bible. Yes. When you practice the word, it leaves the realm of theory and becomes experience. You're listening to Ask the Preacher. Number of the studio is area code 863 682 1430, and we'll be right back right after these words. Welcome back to Ask the Preacher, a call-in talk show where you can have your Bible questions answered with Jonathan Freed. This program is sponsored by Believer's Fellowship Church. Oh, that sounded bad, didn't it? Anyway, welcome to Ask the Preacher. Um, I'm here with Randy Eplin, a young man that's extremely educated, educated his head at the expense of his heart in the beginning, but all that's turned around now. It, it did. It did. And it's like, I, uh, I always tell people, I believe in, in getting the best, the best education you can. I think the apostle Paul believed the same thing and did the same thing, you know, but we need to, we need to remember, uh, that, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're supposed to break the bread of life for people to where they can understand it and then do it and do what it says. That's, that was really the star of our last segment, you know, where it says in James one twenty two to be doers of the word and not 
hearers only. Randy, I want to I want to jump in here in just a second because it's a kind of little I like a pet peeve. You know, my wife has been with a school system for 44 years, 45 years or so, and retired a year or two ago. <clears throat> but I, I said while we, I was doing radio here, let's just say back five, ten years ago, and I made the statement: if I had kids in school, I'd I'd be I wouldn't go I wouldn't call them I wouldn't go down and tell them my kids won't be back I I wouldn't darken the door. I just, they'd never go back. I tell you, I, the school system has changed so much. And my wife fought me on that in the beginning. But now that the fake news uh, isn't uh, the only news we hear, uh, we found out that you better be careful. God's word is true, again, on that same subject, because Psalm 1 says, uh, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He'll be as a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in its season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Then it goes on to say, the ungodly are not so, and so forth. It hits a negative side. But I want to say, um, Randy, if the scriptures say that we shouldn't sit under what I think is very plainly talking about unsaved people, the ungodly, then... We need to ask our teachers, are you a born-again Christian? Do you have fruit? Do you pay your tithe? If you don't pay your tithe, I know where your heart is. Jesus said, you're, you're, oh, that's another subject. Go ahead. You know what I think is uh, one of the things that's happened is uh, when we look at our, our world today, we're seeing uh, some of the woke agendas across different school boards in our country. And uh, it's, like, it's kind of like what my 89-year-old mother said when, she read an article about uh, uh, about uh, uh, get, uh, about a, a kindergartner who said uh, uh, the, the school asked the parents, what should we call your child? He, him, her. Ask for the pronouns. My mother was appalled. She said, who's responsible for this? What's happened with this? Uh, you know, and I, I think that's the right, those are the right questions. And I think as parents... Uh, those of you that have young children today and you're thinking about schools, you're thinking about where do you put your child, um, I think you need to really take a look. And, you know, the school board meetings are public, you know, and you can you can get the minutes, find out what the, the school board in your area is doing. And you could do what I probably would do today is I would look for uh, a school that um, has adopted a Christian worldview with which to teach and with which to study. Uh, and, I, and here's what's happening, Pastor Wayne, across America, is that more and more people are, are leaving the public schools and they're putting their kids in Christian schools. And, you know, every Christian school is not equal, just like every church is not equal. They're different and they have different, uh, I, they have different ways that they do what they do and you got to do your research, you know, but um, the Christian schools now are, are they're full here in America, they're waiting lists. Well, you made that statement about a Christian worldview. I can't even imagine somebody send a Christian sending their children to a a, a school that is doesn't have a Christian worldview. God forbid. Well, the challenge I think for a lot of families, and I know my uh, I've got my um, uh, my niece, my oldest niece, who's looking for a school uh, for little Isaiah. He's uh, just a cutie pie. Uh, my 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 twin brother's first grandchild, and and she's faced with that very challenge. But the challenge, but and and that challenge is to find the right school, but then to pay for that school. 
And uh, because the Christian schools, they cost and they're, they're well, we tuition. need to get a president that believes like we believe. We need to elect a president that feels like if you want to send your kid to a Christian school, then let the government help pay for that because you won't be going to public school. That just makes common sense to me. That's happening a little bit here in Florida. Uh, where um, there's one school that I know of in, 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 in we'll just say up north, you know, that uh, uh, quite a bit of their, uh, of, of their tuition dollars are tied to some of, the, uh, uh, some of the grants and some of the monies that are available through the state of Florida, the state of Florida's education system. But in that case, it really depends on who's governor and, um, and, and who's, who's in charge when it comes to that. So it's a it's something that's that's uh, it's a real challenge today for parents and it's something that i you know overseas i can talk about this for a minute but i you know i also worked in in education overseas and i worked in different types of schools and uh one of the last schools i worked at was a christian school and um it was like a christian school in beijing yes but we were not allowed, not allowed to say that uh but uh the government knew and they knew that what we what we were um if you will, the, 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 the view, the biblical worldview. Uh, one of the things that required our, our teachers to do is when they did their lesson plans is they would have to integrate their content through a biblical worldview through scripture and then teach. It was very powerful. It mm-hmm. really, it, it's, so, it's so priceless for, for students to receive an education like this that they don't realize it. They don't. They don't realize it at the time what what they're dealing with or what they're uh, what they're what's getting put in them for the rest of their life. The foundation, they'll they'll realize it later. My son, uh, my youngest son, uh, Jaden, has gra- graduated from that school. He attended there for four years, and I told him that I said, "You have no idea what's been placed in you. You have no idea. You will." Well, you will know as you grow, as you get older and you look back and you think about all the things that you learned and you draw uh, from all of the all of the good teaching, if you will. Like you you can teach physics through a biblical worldview. You can teach biology through a biblical worldview. You can teach philosophy through a biblical worldview. Um, it's uh, that's the thing that that's the thing that's so powerful uh, about Christian education. And you know, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have been saying that I've changed. The reason I've changed is because just look, just pick up the, pick up the news, pick up the paper, look at, look at what is happening in our, in our, uh, in our public school systems across America. And it has arrested my attention. I saw an interview with uh, Tucker Carlson and uh, it wasn't really an interview so much. I did see the interview with Putin and all that, but but he showed some pictures of Russia. Well, you know, we went to Russia. We spent time there. Uh, Steve Rakovich uh, was a missionary in Russia for a long time in Latvia and so forth. Um, but the amazing thing was he said, I'm just going to show you some pictures of this downtown uh, metropolis, if you will. And <laughs> He said, there's no graffiti, there's no trash, there's no people sleeping on the street, all kinds of stuff. You know, and so I mentioned that to my wife, Maddie, and and we said, well, you know, we're discussing it a little bit, and, you know, um, how do we know what to believe? And I said, to be honest with you, I'm not sure what to believe anymore. You know, I am not sure what to believe. But I've learned one thing, 
I don't believe Joe Biden. I don't believe the Democratic Party. I can't understand how all the Democrats could vote the same way. You can't get that anywhere on the face of the earth. Somebody's paying somebody or something's wrong somewhere. And they're going to give account of that, too. You know, I think that with uh, when it comes to politics, uh, I've always wished that President Trump would stay off Twitter a little bit more and that he would stay on point. He would just stay on point. Um, and I think he's been off-putting for a lot of people. But when you look at his track record through the four years that he was president, he accomplished so much that he said he would accomplish, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he did it. And uh, that's impressive. I don't care whether you're a Democrat or Republican or whatever else you call yourself. It's like, that's impressive. But Randy, a lot of those people don't know that. They don't know it. They don't believe it. I, I don't have time. We're going off the air now. And, and I don't want to anyway, because I don't want to just argue about it. But I, I just thank God for somebody who's got a backbone. You know, we need to man up. Quit you like men. Be strong. Okay. God bless you. Have a great weekend.